Hello, this is Curtis Edwards, Vice President of Investor Relations at Hudson Investing. Are you ready to start building your multifamily portfolio? Kent and I are excited to announce our newest deal in Spartanburg, South Carolina. This 157-unit property offers a unique chance to acquire a B-class value-add property for just $120,000 per door. This is well below replacement costs. De-risking the deal even further is a favorable loan assumption with over six years remaining at 3.73% fixed. With 50 economic development projects underway and 70,000 jobs within a 20-minute drive, the South Carolina upstate region is primed for above-average job, population, and rent growth. Don't miss out on this exclusive deal. Find the link in the description notes to learn how you can invest. On how we were going to look at things, and that was really the um, the care of our employees, um, you know, uh, was very important, obviously, to us, uh, how we were going to care for our residents, um, and then, um, you know, also any operational or procedural changes uh, that address kind of the current situation. Welcome to Right Around Real Estate, the show about how to passively invest like a pro. On each episode, I interview real estate experts who give their top investing advice, strategies, and tools, and I break down their insights into practical steps to avoid the pitfalls and make better investments. I want to help you passively invest like a pro. This is Ritter on Real Estate, and I'm your host, Kent Ritter. Welcome to Ritter on Real Estate. I'm your host, Kent Ritter, and today we have a very special guest. We have Clark Arnold, who's the Vice President of Operations for Burgett Held Asset Management. In his role, he oversees marketing, human resources, operations, client asset and training teams, and that includes property management, which is uh, a lot of what we're going to talk about today. I think Clark has a really unique perspective of being on the front lines of what's happening um, with the COVID-19 outbreak right now. In their portfolio, Burgeon Held currently has about 11,000 units, um, of which Clark oversees, as we said, all the property management. So he's working to, to coordinate with his teams uh, to manage the process. So really wanted to, really one, thanks Clark for, uh, for being on today. I know you're extremely busy with um, everything that's going on. So I appreciate a few minutes of your time. Um, you know, I, I think the listeners are going to be really interested to hear you know, what's happening on the front lines. How are you, how are you managing the process and, and, and what are the, you know, what are the things that are, that are working and what are, what are some of the lessons learned, um, you know, to manage such a large portfolio? So, you know, just taking it back to the beginning, when all of this started happening, the, the outbreak was announced um, and things started getting really serious. I mean, what was going through your mind um, thinking about your tenants? And then how did, how did you guys start to uh, kind of actualize a plan? I mean, what were the steps you went through? What, was there something that, that you had in place or, or is this, are you kind of developing on the fly? Maybe it's a mix of both. Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, you know, it's uncharted territory for uh, most of us out there. Uh, a situation that, um, uh, probably none of us have had to deal with uh, in the scheme of things, especially in the industry uh, and management, property management. But, um, you know, the first thing uh, that was important to me, uh, being a very process-driven uh, type individual and, and, and wanting to have a process for anything and everything was to develop a protocol. 
Um, you know, one of the things uh, uh, also uh, coupled with having a protocol was communication and then leveraging, um, you know, uh, intellectual uh, capital that we have, you know, within Virgin Held. Uh, so the first thing I did was jump on a call with my team um, and uh, discuss, you know, what they were hearing from the ground level um, and, and, and start from there to develop a protocol and an approach. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, most, most uh, importantly, like I said, was uh, to get a process in place and get a protocol that was kind of a living, working, breathing document that uh, we were changing, you know, by the day, uh, you know, a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, and uh, we took an approach uh, and, and looked at three major um, uh, or three different approaches, the three different angles on how we were going to look at things. And that was really the, um, the care of our employees, um, you know, uh, was very important, obviously, to us, uh, how we were going to care for our residents. Um, and then, um, you know, also any operational or procedural changes uh, that address kind of the current situation, uh, things that we would have to change on the procedural front um, as it pertained to how we handled employees, how we handled our residents, uh, mm -hmm. and, and anything that pertained to those, you know, those two, um, you know, uh, pieces of the business. So, uh, came at it at three angles. Uh, developed a protocol that is still changing to this day uh, as situations arise. But those were the, the three things that were really important to identify out of the gate was how we were going to care for the employees, how we we're going to care for our residents, and then um, any changes that we need to make to our current processes. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. I mean, that, that sounds like a sound framework. And, and I appreciate that it starts with uh, taking care of your people and taking care of the residents. So, I mean, I think that mm -hmm. that shows you have your priorities uh, in the right place. Can you dig into that a little more and talk about, so in this, you said first, you know, taking care of the employees. I mean, so, so how do you do that? What are some of the things that you, you put into place or some of the communications and the protocols? Yeah. So I'm actually going to, I'm going to pull up my protocol list here really quickly, Ken. Uh, that's going to have, little bit of information for me. <laughs> as far as uh, care for our team members and care for our employees, um, uh, one of the first things we did, which I think was in line with most in the industry, uh, well, actually most in, in line with in, in our industry and outside of our industry, was to spend all non-essential travel for all of our corporate and site-level employees. Um, I think that was uh, uh, one of the first things we did. Um, and then, uh, as things started to progress, and I think we were a little bit more proactive on this front, uh, than a lot in the or a lot of people in the industry or, uh, outside the industry was that, uh, all corporate employees, um, must work remotely. Um, you know, being a company, a fairly sophisticated company in the sense that we have the technology that we can leverage, uh, to, con you know, continue to move operations forward at the corporate level. Uh, and meet remotely through video chat, things like that. Um, you know, we required all in corporate employees to work remotely about a week and a half ago, um, uh, and and you know put a put a time frame in mind. Uh, although I think it's going to extend far past that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. As far as our sites are concerned, you know, we're unique in that you know we have our corporate office, but then we also have you know fifty four or fifty plus. Uh, 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 satellite offices out there per se, you know, you know, we have, um, you know, all of our sites and our site staff and our teams mm -hmm. that are out on, you know, boots on the ground. Um, 
we developed an approach that uh, was situational for each site. So in, at sites that had confirmed cases of the virus or had employees that had symptoms of the virus, um, we uh, closed down the office at the site. Um, and uh, we were still able to have our employees work remotely. We had all phones forwarded from the site uh, to our uh, employees. We had a schedule put together for all the site employees where they would be responsible for handling the essential duties um, that needed to happen uh, at sites where we had to close down. Now, thankfully, uh, to date, we've only had a couple out of our entire portfolio that had to be completely shut down due to exposure to a positive um, uh, test, test for the virus. So, um, we did still have for those sites, we had one maintenance staff member uh, that would still work the grounds, uh, make sure that grounds were clean for sanitation purposes. Um, uh, and then, um, uh, like I said, had the office staff answering phones, continuing to follow up with residents and communicate with residents. Uh, mm -hmm. The sites that did not have confirmed cases of the virus or didn't have any employees with symptoms, we operated on the skeleton crew. We had uh, an alternating schedule for the site team members where uh, we had one uh, to two people max in the office with the office locked down. Um, uh, pretty much on a, an appointment-only basis uh, and really encouraging our residents and prospects to leverage, uh, you know, the internet uh, and different means of communication uh, as opposed to coming into the office. So as far as care of our team members and care of our, our staff, you know, those two things uh, were important to us, make sure we, we re reacted very quickly uh, on the front lines to prevent any exposure there. Um, you know, uh, again, speaking back to going back to leveraging technology, uh, our regional property managers were setting up daily phone calls with uh, our site team members and the group uh, to answer any questions, make sure that we're you know, still moving forward uh, as far as operations are concerned. Um, so they were having uh, daily phone calls with their teams and still are having daily phone calls with their teams. Um, we also set up an operations uh, phone call where the marketing teams, the HR teams, training teams, our regional managers all hop on a call daily at 10 a.m. Uh, to uh, uh, discuss any processes that were changed uh, to, you know, essentially create a think tank uh, daily on, on how to address certain situations. So, um, uh, again, uh, kind of speaks to how we're caring for our team members there. Um, yeah, we definitely. also are distributing, yeah, we're also distributing, uh, our response plan, uh, to all of our employees as things progress. So how are we responding, you know, in, in specific markets to, uh, the current situation and, and maybe some market specific, uh, situations that are going on, like the shutdown, uh, in certain states that we operate, things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing too, that we, we did for the team members was, um, you know, out of the gate, which I think is going to change, uh, just, uh, you know, um, is going to uh, be an ongoing, uh, somewhat of a struggle for us was, it was a, was we established uh, what we call catastrophe pay, which was, uh, essentially pay for those employees that, uh, needed to be off work due to illness, symptoms mm -hmm. of the virus, uh, that were asked to stay home or that had children at home, uh, that worked in school, um, uh, and making sure that they were taken care of financially uh, through this process. Wow, that's um, really great. So, 
Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, again, it's probably going to extend through a paid leave type uh, program. Uh, but our goal is to make sure that our you know employees are not only safe, that they're still feeling apart and connected uh, with uh, Virgin Health and other employees, uh, still able to move operations forward, uh, and then mm-hmm. also be taken care of and not have to have the, you know, additional anxiety of not knowing where their next you know, paychecks going to come from. So addressing those things, I think were, uh, uh, you know, important, uh, as, as it pertains to the care of our team members. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's a, that's a fantastic answer. It sounds like you guys have a very mature process. It's, you've adapted very quickly and, um, and, and you're offering, uh, you're really taking care of your people. You're keeping them, keeping them paid, even though they're, they're not on site. That's, that's pretty impressive. So it just speaks to yep. the, uh, culture of the organization. So I think that that's fantastic to hear. So, you know, going back to uh, obviously in an apartment complex, it's, it's gotta be difficult to socially social distance because you've got all these people living, I mean, literally on top of each other. Right. So, so how do you manage, how do you, how do you manage that? I mean, how much, I guess, how much do you manage that as the management of the, of the, apartment are you at are you enforcing social distancing are you a part of that or and how do you um i guess how do you what are best practices to do that in an apartment complex yeah i mean again i think uh, it goes back to communication you know with our residents and communication being the key here um you know unfortunately we don't have any uh uh we, we, we wouldn't have any sort of enforcement uh, sure. rights in, in handling in handling uh, a stay you know stay at home uh, order, um, but we have put things in place uh, you know by um, you know making sure that our offices are locked. We've sh- we've shut down all of our common area amenities, so fitness centers, club rooms, you know anything that would be open. Uh, as a common amenity has been closed down just to, you know, uh, eliminate any crowds from gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, we've put into place just with our staff and their interaction, because you are going to have emergency situations come up where you have, you know, a water leak or something that a maintenance uh, team member is going to have to address. We've put into place the PPE protocol and a personal protection equipment task force um, uh, to address uh, those concerns and make sure that our uh, staff members are, are well protected if they had to enter any occupied units, um, uh, again, to help protect our residents and the spread of, of the virus. So um, uh, that's, you know, as far as yeah. uh, communication is, I, like I said, communication is extremely key. So we're sending things out through social media, bulk email, text, uh, communication to our residents, keeping them up to date on what the response plan is uh, in their local market and, and how people are, um, you know, best practice. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, obviously uh, the CD, we're using the CDC, local health department, uh, NMHC, NAA have uh, fantastic resources as well on, um, you know, how to address some of these uh, concerns. Great. So let's, let's talk about the residents. So how, I mean, obviously there's um, a lot of people are being sent home from work. I mean, a lot of people that are probably living in your apartments. I mean, what are you guys seeing from, you know, from the resident perspective, you know, what are you doing to assist residents as they're going through tough times, you know, being out of work, being at home? Um, Are there programs or things that that you all have put in place or, or how are you thinking about the next, you know, 30, 60, 90 days of, of what, um, you know, of, 
of rent payments and bad debt and things. And yeah, I mean, how, mm-hmm. how are you guys thinking about that? Yeah. And I think that was, you know, again, I think we were uh, somewhat proactive on this front and maybe a little bit ahead of the curve uh, as it pertains to how we're handling um, our, our resident base uh, that uh, has been affected, whether it's uh, lost their job, work hours cut down significantly, um, you know, and so we put several uh, um, procedures in place to help address that. So, um, you know, we are offering um, uh, in the month of April uh, and potentially to extend beyond April, uh, we're, an, we're offering $50 off uh, all of our uh, residents' rent if they pay uh, between the first and the fifth of the month. Um, we are offering um, payment arrangements uh, throughout the month of April. Uh, it was just simple completion of a form that we created that they would then um, uh you know, agree to dates in which they would make some payments toward their April rent. Um, you know, most leases, again, state that, you know, uh, partial payments are not accepted and that rent has to be paid in full. Um, and we have, uh, you know, side, uh, sidetracked that for now uh, in the sense that we are going to accept partial payments uh, in the months of April and May. Um, just again, to help, help residents, uh, you know, out, as it pertains to um, their financial situation. So um, uh, obviously, uh, many markets, if not all, uh, are not allowing for landlords and property managers to file any evictions in the month of April. Um, you know, and so it's in our best interest, obviously, to work uh, with our residents just to ensure that they can stay in their home um, and, and get through this time. So. Um, uh, we're uh, offering incentives on renewals. So any leases that expire between now and 120 days out, we're not doing increases on the renewals, uh, which I would say is probably not typical. Um, but again, in an effort to help both our residents financially and, and keep them in their home during a time when you know, really no one wants to be moving, um, mm-hmm. I think is uh, uh, also a, a fantastic idea. So. Oh, wow. So you're, you're not only uh, offering discounts in the near term, but you're offering if their lease is coming up for renewal to renew them at the same rate. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah I think that is pretty yeah, progressive, but I imagine that that'll help. Uh, I mean, obviously help the residents and hopefully, um, you know, help, help the business too long-term as you keep those people in, in their homes. Yeah, the other thing too for residents that I think is really important is we have another task force that we've created uh, at our corporate in our corporate uh, team uh, is the resident resource task force. Uh, having properties in eight different states and uh, uh, a lot of different markets within those states, you know, every uh, market has their own resources as it pertains to uh, uh, financial assistance. So any unemployment uh, links, any um, you know, local trustee offices, nonprofits that help residents. Um, we have gathered that information uh, and we'll be sending that to all of our residents that, at every one of our sites. So just providing them with the resources, um, you know, even offering to assist and reaching out to get the ball rolling for some of our uh, residents uh, in a situation where they would need that is, is um, key as well. So, um, you know, really just helping them with uh, the resources needed to uh, get help if they need help. And then, you know, trying to offer some things on our end, uh, uh, things like not charging late fees in April, um, no increase on renewals, allowing for payment arrangements and partial payments. Um, 
um, you know, all those things, you know, uh, along with hopefully the, the stimulus uh, bill that's passed, uh, I mm-hmm. think will uh, help us get through this process with, with most of our resident base. Yeah, no, I think that's great. It sounds like you guys have a lot of good programs to help people out. I think that's, uh, I, I just think that that's good to hear because at the end of the day, these are people's homes, you know, and, uh, and we're not, mm-hmm. it's a little more sensitive than the dealing with, um, you know, know self storage or, or something, right. You've got, uh, so you guys are helping right. people out in the right way. That sounds great. What do you see the, the long-term impact being of, of this, uh, this pandemic on, on the multifamily housing you know, community on, on the industry as a whole. I mean, what do you see as, what do you see? Yeah. What do you see that impact being? Yeah. So I, I mean, I think, I think, uh, on a, on an optimistic front or a positive front, um, I would say that, you know, over the past week and a half, two weeks and, and into the future, uh, it, this has forced us to leverage, uh, technology, uh, and leverage, um, you know, the tools that we have to continue to move operations forward that otherwise if we didn't have, uh, could put a huge, um, you know, could make a huge impact long-term. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that on an optimistic and positive front, you know, we've really been able to uh, collaborate and, and leverage our technology to continue to move operations forward. So uh, I think long-term that means, you know, what that means is just gives us additional tools, additional resources to use um, as we continue to expand and grow into different markets, it gives us the ability uh, and the experience to communicate effectively, um, uh, you know, through a source that maybe otherwise, without this situation, uh, we wouldn't have had experience with. So I think, it, you know, on a positive front, I think that's uh, uh, something that's going to definitely impact uh, at least Virgin Held uh, in the, the next year. Uh, I think the the biggest uh, uh, one of the greatest impacts it's going to make is obviously economically. I mean, we have, um, you know, we're workforce housing. Uh, most of our properties, uh, you know, are, you know, uh, you know, 30 to 50,000 annual income. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, about a fourth of all of our properties in our tenant base currently uh, are in the hospita- hospitality or service industry. Um, so, you know, uh, about a fourth of all of our residents have been impacted or going to be impacted, um, you know, potentially from unemployment uh, during this time. So, um, you know, uh, the approach, our approach, you know, anything we can do now to, uh, I think the focus, you know, priorities are on our employees and our residents, but, you know, mm-hmm. uh, long-term, you know, um, uh, from an economic standpoint, you know, it's going to obviously affect our, our tenant base and, and time for them to get back on their feet. Um, it's going to uh, uh, probably set some priorities, I think, uh, especially over the next six months, uh, it's going to change on what they value. And um, one of the things we have to offer and the great thing that we have to offer is, is really our, our operating and property management company and, and the resources that we have to help our residents communicate with our residents and make things as seamless as, as possible to relieve any anxiety on their, on, you know, on their end. So um, I think that's where uh, over the next six months is where we're going to see value. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think that's a really good answer. And, and I was just thinking about the, the impact that, that you guys have. I mean, having 11,000 units, that's, I mean, that, that's a minimum 11,000 people, but it's probably more like 20,000 people if you consider families and things that are, that are involved right. there. So the impact that you're able to have uh, on, 
on the communities uh, where the, where these properties are based on keeping these people in their homes, helping them through the process, um, helping them find resources. I mean, I mean, that's a huge impact for, for a pretty large population of people. So um, appreciate the, the work that you guys are doing. I think it's, it's important work and uh, you've got a great perspective about it. So um, mm-hmm. wanted to ask you, you know, in everything, right, there, there's always lessons learned. So I wanted to hear, I know you've never anticipated anything like this, um, but looking, I mean, even looking at now, three or so weeks in, I mean, what, what's your biggest lesson you've learned so far and, and what are you going to do to implement, implement something going forward um, based on what you've learned? Yeah, I mean, I think I think what I've learned, which I, I probably have, uh, I would say in the back of my mind has always been important to me, but kind of came to the forefront is, is the communication piece. Um, you know, we have had, like I mentioned earlier, we've had uh, uh, daily phone calls with um, our uh, corporate team. We've had uh, a call three days a week with our entire company. Uh, on the call, asking questions. Um, and so I think, again, from an engagement standpoint, keeping people connected, uh, that was extremely important. Um, and then, you know, our, again, our, our corporate executive team is also having uh, calls three days a week. So uh, we are at this point over communicating. And I think it has provided uh, a lot of clarity, a lot of um, uh with people being on the same page, people, you know, within an an ever-changing environment, uh, making sure that everyone is informed and and, uh, has the right uh, tools uh, to communicate, I think is is extremely important. So I would say that uh, a lesson I've learned that's probably always been important to me, but now is more at the forefront is in the future, I think the communication piece uh, and the tools we have to communicate with our residents, with our staff, um, uh, investors is, is, uh, extremely, extremely important and definitely most likely going to be a huge priority. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's, uh, that's great. I mean, that's something you can implement going forward on just, you know, you've got everybody on the same page now, right? That's a, a silver lining to, uh, to coming out of this and something you can carry forward. Um, one thing you brought up, I was just curious about, uh, you mentioned the investors and really, I mean, that's majority of what this show is about is how to make good real estate investments. And you know, what have your conversations been like with investors? What, what concerns have they had? What are they thinking about? Or, um, you know, what are you sharing with them? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, we are extremely transparent in what we would share. And, and we've had, uh, you know, investors reach out uh, with uh, identical concerns to what we have. Um, and so I think we're all on the same page. And again, you know, uh, communicating effectively and, and making sure we're transparent on where things stand. Mm-hmm. You know, during this time, I think there's going to be, you know, there's, there's really two focus uh, points on my team. Uh, as it pertains to property performance, and, and it's obviously delinquency and managing bad debt, and then also occupancy, uh, being that we are not going to see the traffic uh, we've seen prior to this uh, over the next couple of weeks to backfill any units, uh, retention and renewals are of utmost importance to us. So mm-hmm. uh, really putting, uh, you know, data in place and, and, and really understanding where we stand on a daily basis as it pertains to delinquency, bad debt and uh, retention and renewals, I think is, mm-hmm. um, you know, extremely important to us. And then also uh, is evident, you know, evidently uh, uh, equally as, 
um, important to our investors. So making sure we're just communicating on, you know, those those key points that you know uh, uh, can be potentially the biggest movers as it pertains to property performance, um, and making sure that our investors understand where we stand uh, on a frequent basis is, um, uh, I think, where we've landed. Yeah, I mean, everything goes back to communication, right? And I think mm-hmm. it's. Um, you know, it, it's exciting for me to hear what, what you guys are doing. It sounds like you're, um, you know, obviously there's a ton going on, but it seems like you're focusing in the right places. You guys are doing the right things by your people and by your residents and, uh, and having a huge impact, it sounds like. So, listen, I know you're extremely busy. I, I know that you're managing, like you said, 50 plus sites and working through this. So, mm-hmm. um, appreciate you taking a, a few minutes to get on the phone with us today. And, uh, and have this conversation and give some insights into what's going on on the front lines. So thanks a lot, Clark. I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Ritter on Real Estate. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on the content that will make you a better investor. Also, visit KentRitter.com for articles, videos, and tools curated just for passive investors. Until next time, this is Kent Ritter with Ritter on Real Estate. Now go out and invest like a pro.